0: It's the Zero Lives Left podcast episode... Welcome to the Zero Lives Left Podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the show. If this is your first time coming across the podcast and you've no idea what it's all about, maybe you've seen a link on social media, maybe one of your friends sent you a message and says, you got to check this podcast out, let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense, real, right-to-the-point podcast banter on business, career, and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business. Maybe get started in a particular career path. This is the podcast for you. You've come to the right place, and we will have something which will help you along on your journey. Don't forget if there's somebody you would like me to interview for the podcast, I would love to hear from you. I'm always looking for interesting guests to have a conversation with, so please do drop me an email into studio at zero lives left podcast.com or you can send me a tweet to at zero lives left. If you're listening to this podcast over on iTunes, please do rate and review the podcast that is really really important and it does help other people find out about the show if you're listening over on stitcher radio Allcast, or indeed spotify please do remember to rate the podcast leave us a review let us know what you think of the show that's a big big help for us and it helps us keep creating this great podcast content for you. We've got another great episode lined up today. We are chatting to George Kingsnorth, acclaimed film and video content producer. We're going to be talking all about how to use video content for your business. We're going to talk about the art of storytelling. We're going to talk about some things you need to think about when it comes to sound and lighting and the types of camera that you might want to explore and George really shares his really practical and simple tips that businesses can use in order to start creating effective video content. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 39 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. George Kings North is owner, director, and producer at Gullion Media Limited. With 32 years' experience from producing, writing, directing, editing, and creating animations, George helps tailor a story in video that meets the needs of audiences and budget. George, thanks for joining me on episode 39 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. We're, we're sitting here outside the Canal Court Hotel in in Uri recording this podcast today. But can you share with our listeners a little bit more of an insight into your background and how you ended up
1: where you are? Yeah, uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. It's, 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 it's good to, to be here. Um, I I started off. Uh, like most youngsters on a what would be a level three type course after after school, uh, and I was fascinated with animation. I did a lot of drawing, I did a lot of artwork, and I wanted the things to move. So, in I remember on the last day of the last that particular course before going off to Bournemouth, uh, that I had a young fellow with a stop motion camera and we were filming a little plasticine thing, and he wanted to go off to the pub, but I wanted to get this movie done. <laughs> so we, we sat there and got this movie done, and I'd used Mybridge's, uh images of birds and to get them flying on the, on the window of the, of the college, uh, and I just was so fascinated. And everybody thought it was mad, because where I lived, uh, I lived in Southampton, and it was a, lots of boot factories. So my careers, my careers officer uh, in the school wanted me to go into a boot factory, And uh, basically, I said, no, I I wanted to. I I just, I was so fixed on what I wanted to do, which was filmmaking of some nature. And I managed to get into Bournemouth to study film. And a lot of things are done by accident. You kind of, I I was very shy. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. One of my lecturers told me, you're an editor, you're good at editing stories. You know, that's what you should be doing. After leaving college, I, I worked on a construction site, I got over my fear of heights because you got told if you fell into where the water was because it was aerated, you'd drown because there's no buoyancy, which is fun, you know? <laughs> so getting over your fears was really, really important and then I, I actually asked my landlady to kick me out of the flat I was in because I had to move and go and find work in the industry that I, I was in and I got three days work in Manchester uh, painting in the backs of cells for a Zanussi ad, just painting in the backs and, and on the third day I had to go back to London so... I walked into a post-production house called In House in Manchester. His job. <laughs> back in the early 80s, 1984. Because uh, you could do those things back then. you could then. do them. Yeah, absolutely. And they said, look, we, we, we need these cans of films going to the BBC. Could you run them up there? So I became a runner for three days. And then three days later, I was a runner again. And we were doing rubber numbering, which was putting these numbers on the side of film and the the audio side of it as well. All of a sudden, I ran into the BBC one day and they were editing a documentary called Thatcher's Britain about the miners. And there was a South African lady in there and her assistant had gone sick. She says, I'm missing three frames from the film and I need them. If you could find them, I'll give you a job and I found them and I suddenly found that I had about six weeks work on the film in the BBC as an assistant film editor I was working for this company in house freelancing and eventually in the in the when was it the July of 1984 they sent me to Belfast to the BBC Northern Ireland started doing a little bit of um, assistant editing in Belfast and and that sort of led to where I am now sort of thing
0: (laughs) Isn't it quite interesting the journey that people have and you could just be in the right place at the right time something can happen somebody can ask you a question can you help or can you assist with this and you never know really what door Absolutely,
1: and I think it's it's facing your fears we're all fearful of things we, we were a bit worried about setting up this morning and I was a bit worried when I was interviewing you you face your fears and you just see what happens recently late 50s if you like a year or so ago or no six years ago I asked if someone could train me how to play the violin and they said you're too old and I said yeah you want to bet and I just went out there and learned to play the violin and then a couple of years ago I thought well I need to play in front of somebody so let's find an audience and there was a 9 by 10 which is normally in Belfast but they had it at the Orn Kuhn Center in Ross Trevor. I did something on courage, and I chose to talk about my experience of playing music. The fact that that was going to be the first day that I played my violin, and I did, and I got over that fear. And I think that's that's the most important thing: is just getting over your fears and trying to see what may happen, and, and you know, go with the flow.
0: Putting yourself in that situation, you're a bit like me, and a bit like one of my sons. Um, somebody tells you you can't do it, you're going to do it.
1: Absolutely, you're going to find a way to do yeah. it. or you are going to, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's it's such a great sort of. Um, outlook and, and something really that you challenge yourself with—that yep. you know you want to get over that fear, you want to you know be able to develop that skill in that particular area. And I think in the world that we live in now, because of access to the internet and social media and things like YouTube, it is all possible to learn new skills. It is,
1: it is. But the thing is, there's so much information out there that you can get bombarded by it, and you can get you know you can go into a tailspin. I remember my brother is into IT and we were in Luton uh, about 10 years ago or more and we went into a PC world and we were looking at the books and there's a guy sitting on the floor looking at all these books and he kind of goes he said to us look will you tell me which programming language I should learn he says there's so many of them but I don't want to waste my time choosing the wrong one and we said well we can't help you actually but you just have to find your own way and see what you want to do and the thing is you have to filter out so much information and get and and start to think about your specific journey and where you want to actually go with things and don't worry about what everybody else is telling you to go and do and I think that's the key thing we in 2004, I came back from Birmingham, where I'd been teaching in a university. And my dream was to make a feature film. And I thought, you know, I'm really fed up because we, we've made 14 short films... I'd been working for other people as a freelancer and i wanted to do i wanted to make a movie so i came back in the october of 2004 i sat down and wrote up wrote out this idea for a film called fiddler's walk i started to talk about it to a number of people there was a number of actors got involved ronaua got involved people from the lynch family here pauline lynch got involved sarah dylan got involved anthony fitzpatrick got involved and then there was a pub said use our premises and all of a sudden we suddenly found that we had all we needed to make a movie and i'd we got a camera, a uh, very inexpensive HDV camcorder. And the following summer, we went, spent 24 days filming and had everything we needed. My wife said, let's go on holiday to Boston. So I took a camera with me, stuck it in the back of the car, got a few colorways and edited it together. And we suddenly found that we had a feature film, which was really, you know, at the time, two weeks beforehand, I got these people who were telling me, no, you need to make a promo and get some money. I said, I've got everything in place no 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 you need to you need to get a promo done you need to raise money i said but all the people involved are my investors they 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 want the experience and when we actually made the film and edited it and had it ready by the following may those people that said we need to make a promo were shocked find that we'd actually made the movie and it it won a little award somewhere and it got screened over in america by group people and I used it for teaching purposes. But we'd, we'd made this movie. It's still available on uh, on Amazon.
0: And, and that's a full movie. I mean, and that's yeah. the thing about it. And if you think of businesses today now in 2018, many businesses are able to produce video content. And of course, video content has always been powerful. I mean, yeah. it's been around for, yeah. for a long time now. But it was maybe not achievable for some people because of the cost. You had to buy all these expensive cameras. It's become very, very affordable now for businesses of all shapes and sizes to be able to produce video just from their smartphone smartphone. but George you know as somebody who who works in that space and and, and helps direct and produce videos and you yourself being a filmmaker what are some of the things that the small business needs to think about when producing video
1: I'll give you a little bit of context and it's to do with the speed of the process Uh, I, I started off on 16 millimeter film and we would have had 400 foot of film which lasted 10 minutes and to produce, that, that stock, process and everything, cost about £200. And then tape was literally about uh, £30 for half an hour, so you've got a lot more. And the producers went off and they shot, you know, maybe 90 tapes. But nobody could edit it because they hadn't thought through the process. So regardless of whether you're back then or whether it's now, the key thing is actually working out a story structure. And actually learning about how to tell stories and what that process is. Um, Because that's
0: very, very important, telling the story. And and every business has a story.
1: It does. Every person has a story, which is why it's encouraging to to nurture your voice on on YouTube and the likes of Vimeo or, or Facebook, because... We actually do have a story, each of us. Nobody has your story and, and nobody has your experiences. They're all unique to you and you need to tell those stories in, in any form you, you, you feel happy to, whether that's producing music, whether that's writing a book, whether that's making a video. I've learnt the craft of, of filmmaking and I, I was talking to you earlier, there was a big storm. Storm Alley went through yeah. here yesterday yeah. and we were trying to meet up uh, and the trees were blown all over the place and I decided just to shoot some stuff and edit it together uh, and I spent probably about 10 minutes outside and I got this idea, my head is it was, it was very shallow possibly, but I thought, look, here's a storm coming through, look at the effect that it's having, you know, there's some dangers going on um, and let's just shoot something. So I showed, I just shot it and got it up, two minutes of video, edited, all put together in about three or four hours. Uh, and and I'd I'd gone through all the processes which was developing your idea, pre-production
0: storyboarding
1: storyboarding, yeah, all in my head Uh, storyboarding is really, really important and then sorting out what equipment I needed is everything, all the batteries all sorted out all the pre-production kind of work where's my locations, all that uh, who's going to be involved, have I got my release form, it was me, I still have a release form for me, so it sounds a bit daft, but you need all those sort of things. And then just going out and shooting it, making sure I knew what the processes were for transferring stuff from my mobile to my computer and then onto the way I did it was I, I have an Android, basically sucked everything into a PC and then using an SD card transferred it to a Mac because I found that was the most efficient way. So it's finding ways, creating templates for yourself so you can speed up like graphics at the beginning and, uh, and getting that out finding out how long it takes to render. Uh, so I do lots of little tests, part of my research. So I try like one minute and I use lots of different editing software. I use uh, Adobe Premiere for most of my editing. I've used Final Cut Pro. I've written books about Final Cut Pro. Uh, I've used Lightworks and we have used Media 100 in the past. And what I, what I do is I find out how long does it takes to do each process with one minute. And I record how long that takes. And then I work out which is the most efficient package to do that. And what I've discovered is Premiere is faster than all the others because the others all take longer to to process, to render the stuff out. And and that's the killer because you're kind of going, I need this out, I need this out because I need to actually work it. So it's streamlining, it's working out what the production process is and streamlining it so it becomes second nature to you.
0: And I completely agree with that. I think process and the workflow is really, really important. Yep. And, and it also helps produce a better quality video at the end yep. because you do want to have some level of standard to your video and some level of quality. And there is this whole big debate now rumbling on, do you just produce it really quickly on your social media and, and just stick it out there and see what happens. And, and part of me thinks, yes, that's fine. However, but you could have bad audio, you could have a lot of background noise, your yep. lighting could be poor. Yep. All of these different Variables absolutely. that you need to think of, George.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now there's. I I quite often set up three cameras, and I have to put microphones into them. And there was one day I plugged in the wrong microphone in the. Ro- I plugged it into the head jack. Now, you know, I'm on my own. I'm. I'm. There normally be about a team of people doing that. But I I know how to mess around with the audio, so I can get what I need out of it, kind of thing. So I'd had three other sources, so it was okay. Um, but you need to understand how your tools work so you can get the best out of them. My philosophy is you're the artist. You choose the tools that you want, that you feel comfortable with to do the job that you need to get done. Don't let other people tell you what, what you need to do. And there's reasons why you've chosen the tool you have and have the confidence to say, no, that's, that's my palette. That's, you know, I'm using my canvas. I'm going to paint on it what I want to paint on it to tell the story I need to tell. And look at the structures you need to actually think about. Now, the other thing is don't get too et up on the technology, we're using a camera here at the moment that is a 750D. It's a couple of years old, uh, and the same way in that my cameras, I've, I'm using one that's seven years old, another one that's six years old, another one that's four years old. They're all they're all HD. Some of them can do 4K. They do everything I need to do. They're not broken. I can just set them up, get the job done, and produce high quality stuff. And, and in more recent times, I've got a little gimbal on my mobile, and I'm, I'm shooting stuff with my mobile. I've got a little teleprompt that is on the mobile, so certain things I now just read off the screen, uh, and it helps make it look a bit more professional. It's knowing the story structure. It's, it's looking at what is a three-act play. And I apply that. It doesn't matter whether it's an essay for a university that you have to write. You need a beginning, middle, and end. You need to introduce the piece that you're going to be talking about. You need to do your research. Um, and if you're writing an essay, you, you tend to do a, a literary, literary review. And you need to actually do that for most of the videos as well. You need to say where your sources are, where are the arguments, do critical thinking. So argue one thing against the other, and then you can draw up your conclusions at the end and allow your audience to decide which way they want to go, as long as you've given them good facts. Now, there's so much fake news out there at the moment. It, it sounds as though we're talking news, but this is actually any kind of story that you're talking about. You need, if, you're, if you're relying on facts from other people, you need to make sure that those sources are genuine and you need to find at least three or four uh, pieces of information that are independent from one another that can validate the story. Or provide, or an alternative, you've got the, the opposite argument, you need to find three, at least three to validate that argument as well. And then you can do your commentary... Uh, weighing up the pros and cons, which is put, applying the critical thinking, and then provide some conclusions. And then what you need to do is you need to ask your audience what actions they should take. You know, whether it's just thinking this process through and to do something. And I think that's that's what video is, is really about. It's it's actually it's empowering the audience to go off and do something so they feel as though they can contribute to how their world is.
0: Yeah, and I know people, you know, maybe listening in think, you know, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of involved in, in creating this video content, but there's actually not that much involved. And and you mentioned the camera that we're using today, the seven fifty D, you know, and it's a it's a great versatile camera, I, I I think in my opinion, and enables me just to pop it up on a tripod, shoot a little bit of video, use a little digital recorder like we have on the table here and then really make sure that we're getting a good crisp audio experience because yep. yep. I remember going to a, to a YouTube workshop in Dublin with a guy called Steve Dotto and a big shout out to Steve Dotto and Steve uh, runs a lot of coaching on on you know creating YouTube videos and he does a lot of tutorials online but the things that people need to think about when they're producing video content for YouTube and one thing Steve said to me and I thought was very very interesting we were chatting after his workshop and he said to me do you know what when people won't forgive you for poor quality audio and I thought Which that is, was very very interesting yeah. and it's really really important that you know and whenever we were shooting um, a piece of video recently when you were interviewing me George it's very important to have that subject mic'd up with a nice little simple clip-on or lavalier mic that captures that audio that's coming out of that Absolutely.
1: source. Yeah, And, and the, each of the people involved are independently mic'd up so that you get a nice crisp sound coming from them. Uh, we've got two mics on the table at the moment. Uh, I have one that's specifically for me and you've got one that's specific for you. And it, the, the other one will pick up a little bit of sound, so you, you may get a little bit of you know a little bit of echo, not quite an echo, but a little bit of background noise, which gives it a bit of character, which can be quite good. But sound is so important. Over the years, I've worked with lovely pictures, but I've had to work harder on getting the sound right, and that, that's so important. Making sure there's not too much background noise and filtering some of that out. Learning how to use maybe I use. Uh, Auditions, Adobe Auditions to clean up the sound and to make sure... So, for example, if you have a camera, it uh, doesn't matter whether it's Canon, Nikon, or any of the other ones, they're, they're all at such a high standard now that they'll produce high quality. Uh, the Android phones will also produce equally high quality. But what you need to actually make sure is that um, the sound going into them is, is nice and crisp. Now, at the moment, you're using a battery on your camera. I recently bought myself a power pack so I could plug it into the socket. and I've been using... Uh, a little road mic and i've been using uh, a slightly cheaper model and what i discovered is that when i was using the mains and i plugged in the cheaper model it took interference from Mm. the power supply and you know you just had this kind of buzzing noise on the soundtrack but luckily i was able to remove that using auditions And another package, if you can't afford the Adobe, is open source package called Audacity.
0: Two very, very good sort of pieces of software that people can use and can help them with that post-production stuff. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, you would have never picked that up whenever you plugged that into the mains. It was only whenever you thought, everything's done, everything's good to go here. And you're like, oh, what is that background noise?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing was, I could have done it again, put a different microphone in. But I actually liked the performance that I was giving at that point. So it kind of it outweighed me redoing it because I may not have done it as well. But again, the software had a, a way of doing noise reduction, background noise reduction. So again, part of the process is that um, record at least 10 seconds of silence before you start doing the interview or you start doing anything. And you can use that background noise, especially if it's in a room, to actually help filter out the background noise right across the soundtrack. And that's, that's quite important.
0: Those are great tips and actually some things that people actually don't think. And even me, I'm learning today about that type of stuff because the audio is so important. And I want people, when they're listening into this podcast, to have a good audio experience so yep. that they, they keep coming back time and time again and they're they're, they're they're getting this information and it's coming across in a clear and crystal way. I think that's really, really important. So you've definitely explained that really, really well. Now, George, you're like me and we've got something else in common. We both, um, and you still do, um, a little bit of lecturing at Southern regional college. I do, yeah. Um, you work with a lot of students over there. How, do you, how important do you think those students who are involved in media production, let's say, or maybe they're studying journalism, how important it is for them to get familiar with how the technology works and also to be going out there and experimenting with the technology and creating little short videos and creating little podcasts. And, and this is stuff that they could actually use further down the line if they get an opportunity like with the BBC or one of the local radio stations that they've actually produced content
1: I would encourage them to go out and practice it, it they'll learn the techniques very quickly especially on a level two or level three course and, and most of what you need you'll learn on those types of courses so if you're interested in media I very much encourage you to do that if you're thinking of going on to do a degree especially with the with the cost of degrees nowadays I would, if you really must have a degree no I think they're worth it uh, but I think you should choose a subject that you would want to make films about. So go off and do, do something else to, to earn your degree. The other thing is don't feel that you have to rush into that degree straight away. I managed to get an H&D when I was fairly young. But as my journey continued, I went and got an open university degree. I've then since got a couple of master's degrees. But I spread those across quite a few years. So, so I finished my, my last master's about... Uh, five six years ago but I actually benefited from that spreading it across my career because the courses I did were very specific for what my needs were and I minimized the cost which I think is really important. So for me further education is really important because it gives you some experiences without the overall cost. then take a break maybe afterwards and start to experience things a little bit more. I have a niece who um, she got burnt out doing A levels didn't go to university straight away and decided to go off to Australia, and she was interested in marine biology. So she was doing sort of fruit picking and the likes of. She then um, managed to get working with turtles on the east coast of Australia, then got working on boats in Mexico, and she's now sort of 25, 26. She did an access course later. She got 45 distinctions, and because she did so well, they gave her a scholarship. And she's just started a marine biology degree with a cost pay because they, they valued the experience that she had. So, so don't feel that you have to rush off to get a degree. You've got a lifetime. Really find out what's important for you to actually do. Now, you'd mentioned about video production and the experience. One of the things that is very, apart from the technology, it's learning to tell stories. So we're back to storytelling again. You know, the fundamentals of everything is, is, is understanding the storytelling process. Now, I think the technology is now sufficient that anybody can explore it and they can get really good at it. I think the ways that uh, the industries are working don't necessarily expect to go and work for a big corporation because I think some of those are now sort of floundering. Where you'll get most experience, and I think that's where miners come from, is trying to be independent and finding your own path. You'll have a lot of people telling you that you can't do things and they'll try and put you into a little pigeonhole and they'll try and stop you from doing your ideas and they'll just want to use you to to do a service to, um, to help them get their stories done. But if you really, really are passionate, go out there and make it. Now, the other advice I'd always give is find yourself a job that you can actually cope to pay your bills. You, you need that part. We've got to all pay the bills. You've got to all pay the bills. <laughs> and again, I've, my two sons, they worked in the likes of Sainsbury's. It got them through university. And they learned the retail industry because of that. And it gave them a a sales-type mentality. They understood that process. So so anything you can do, working with any kind of company... You're experiencing a a lifestyle that you could then utilise and think of it as research. It's great research, especially if you do the social sciences. You're into sociology or psychology. You know, going in there and experiencing what it's really like is so important. Then you can make stories about it. Then your stories become genuine because you've you've experienced what you're trying to tell a story about.
0: Two words that I love: genuine and authentic. I think are really really important when it yeah. comes to storytelling. And you mentioned something there which is really really interesting. You know, and uh, you talked about this at the start of the episode. You know that everybody has a story to tell, yes. and storytelling is really really important. I had the chance to sit down with you recently uh, to take part in your Let's Talk interview series, yes. and I really really enjoyed that. And the whole idea behind it is to interview a different guest and they can tell their story. Yeah. How did the idea come about? And, and really, you know, what, the, what are the sort of things that you're inviting people on to talk about?
1: The idea came about because, well, actually, my, my, my father passed away about seven years ago and he had some really rich stories that, were, that we wanted to record, but unfortunately he became too ill to actually record them. And since then, we, we've got one of his stories, or several of his little stories that he'd written down, and he was discouraged from writing them by a publisher and, and stopped writing. But we've got an extended family in, in England, and uh, they're asking for those stories and, and the, because they're trying to get a sense of their own history and their own past. Apart from working on lots of documentaries where you're interviewing people and getting them to tell their stories, you begin to realise that what we record now becomes a social history. It, it gives future generations a sense of what we were like now, today. The video family tree, if you will. The video family tree, absolutely. And and the podcast. Family tree, yeah. Absolutely. So all these conversations, all these stories, because we can record this kind of medium, become so important. And again, as I said before, we've, we've all got our own unique story. Now most people that I've been speaking to, that have come on the show to be interviewed, I've noticed that you, you try to get them relaxed, you introduce them, and you... You look at their past, uh, they, they, they then explore and tell you how they got to where they are. They tell a little bit about where they are now, what their, their own hopes and aspirations are for the future. What didn't they get a chance to say because we've been talking quite a bit is, is another question I ask. And you end up with this rich amount of information and you listen. The key, the key to the interviews is actually listening to the other person speak. And quite often the cues for any question comes from what, what you're actually saying and, and not to interrupt. So, so I know that in television quite a lot, the, the journalists and that, they'll jump in and they'll, they'll have an agenda. I, I don't have an agenda other than I want to find out something new from you that I'm interviewing, that person. And that's a great discovery. And usually at the end of the interview, there's a sense of euphoria that the person has because they kind of feel as though they've, they've just released something. They've, and, and they just they feel very relaxed which is why i'm getting into the idea of coaching now as well because you can, you can give somebody that real sense of well-being because they've been allowed to tell their story the way they want to and whatever it is that's on their mind just to share it and that 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 can take a lot of weight off of people's shoulders i think
0: now you mentioned coaching and that's something you know that i have a real big interest in myself i know you're interested in yeah. that area and this is something that you're exploring with clients give us just sort of a little bit of an insight you know to the, the the type of you know um service that you can provide for clients uh maybe we've got somebody listening into the podcast today who, who kind of likes what they hear would maybe like to explore a little bit more in relation to creating that video content i mean you offer that coaching service that can, that can help an yeah. individual or can help a business or an organization george
1: what it is is um i, I through training to be a lecturer for fe we uh, You have different types of uh, psychology for learners. When you're at school, you have what they call pedagogy. uh, And it's where, I call it, the teacher dictates to you what you need to learn. But as you become an adult, you have needs. You know specifically what you want to do, but you may not know how quite to get there. So a form of psychology, if you like, is called andragogy. It's where you know what you want, you just need the help to get there and you don't need to spend as much time as like a three-year course learning all of this. And part of it is, is to give the person the opportunity to talk through where they are with things as a sounding board to uh, allowing them to explore what it is they actually want to do. Because sometimes it's, it's the person needing to give themselves permission to do a task. And I think that's, that's also important is that there's a task that has to be done there's a parameters. They need to know what the boundaries are within that task they can do, and they also need to know how much time they can spend on that on that task to achieve it. And it, it, you now it seems as though maybe kind of goal driven. It doesn't have to be goal driven. It could just be allowing the person to give themselves permission to to stop. And I think that's something that's also important. We live in a world today where we are constantly being badgered to do more and more and more and more and more. And more. And I think we're, we're losing a sense of time of, of how much we can do within a certain period. I think we need to start to learn that we need to stop recharger batteries and how to do that. So that saying no is actually just as important as saying yes. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had to do that today as well. <laughs> uh, and I think it's important because you can, you, can, you can overcommit yourself, you can overwork yourself. And literally, you could destroy yourself if you're not careful by overworking and it's, it's quite often when we're trying to sort out problems that it's in those spaces where we switch off that we begin, the ideas come of how to solve problems so you can end up having headaches kind of thinking, oh my, I need to solve this problem I need to solve this problem and it's only when you stop and walk away that you begin to see a solution will just pop into your head because you're now not thinking about it you're not clogging up the, the, the mind and I think that becomes very important so so what this service then that I can offer is, is to basically, it, it is literally listening to what the person, allowing them to talk the thing through. You don't actually have to have the solution for that person. And even if you do have the solution, it's not best to give that solution to them. They need to figure it out themselves because they need to take ownership of that. They need to take responsibility for the action that they're doing. And it's allowing them to achieve those kind of goals. And I think we all need some kind of, mentoring or coaching uh with with a lot of different aspects of our lives because you know quite often we don't have anybody that we can actually talk to 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 knock out those ideas and and also we may feel that if we do share them that somebody will think we're 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 silly and maybe that's a stupid idea there's no stupid ideas as I tell my students you just need to explore the ideas and you come up with the parameters of why things work or they don't work uh, and see how much time you want to invest in those things. I think that's great. I think
0: that's a great outlook, and I think you're absolutely right when it comes. And that's the, that's the art of effective coaching, you know, not to be answering the question for the person. It's, you know, it's, it's helping them get to that answer yeah. themselves yeah. Um, And because that's the type of skills that we all need to develop. And I think something that you mentioned that, that really I've looked at it over the past couple of years is allowing my time, myself time to switch off because you can get so overwhelmed, you're trying to solve these problems, you're trying to create these things. And I've you know, found myself trying to edit a piece of video or trying to edit a piece of audio and not being able to get something to work and go, you know what, I'm going to bed now. Yep. Waking up in the morning and there it is. Yeah, Simple absolutely. as that. Now, George, if people want to get in touch with you, you know, somebody's listening into the podcast, uh, they want to reach out to, to you, they want to find a little bit more out about some of the services that you might be able to yep. provide or some of the things that you can help them with. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? What's the website address?
1: Well, the website is uh, www.gullyhammedia.com. And my email address is Kingsnorth at yahoo.co.uk. Uh, they're probably the best ones. I live on the border, so my mobile phone, you don't always get through on that one. So, But it, I'll give it to you anyway. It's 07565207446. It's That's the mobile. And if you want to contact me at home, it's 28 30 766
0: Excellent. And also, there's a YouTube uh, channel up there, the Let's Talk uh, YouTube uh, yep. channels up and running. People can watch the, the previous interviews. They can.
1: They, it's, and if you're looking for that one, it's George John Kingsnorth. There are two sites, but you should find it. There's a black and white image of me. Uh, and I'm also doing tutorials on media tutor, media-tutor-gjk
0: excellent george thank you so much for taking time out today to join me on episode 39 of the zero lives left podcast there's a lot of great takeaways and i'm looking forward to revisiting this episode and, and getting those takeaways and and writing this transcript up because i think there's a lot of value that you've added today for our listeners so maybe further down the line we'll get you back on and we'll do a follow-up piece on on, on something else that you're well, up. thank us.
1: you very much wayne for inviting me
0: thanks george Alright, hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I want to thank George Kingsnorth for his time today joining me on episode 39 of the podcast. This has been a really, really useful episode for me as a video content creator and I know definitely a useful episode for many people who listen into the show. One of the big takeaways for me today is the importance of storytelling within your video content. So George gave some really, really useful and simple tips and things that we all need to think about before we start creating our video content. The importance of sitting down and planning what it is we're actually hoping to achieve. The importance of storyboarding within our video content planning stage and you know that's something that I've been guilty of in the past where I've forgot about all of those things because I've been super focused on creating the video content really really quickly and just trying to get it out the door that whenever I've got everything set up I've kind of struggled to think about what it is I'm trying to achieve. So spending a little bit time before you record anything planning out your different types of shots storyboarding up what it is you're trying to achieve will be super super helpful and will also help make the final video a much better experience not only for you shooting it but also for the people watching george talked about how easy it is nowadays to create um video content on our smartphone but also we touched on some of the limitations when it comes to creating such video content on a smartphone device audio Is always a problem when it comes to creating video on a on a smartphone because sometimes you're not gonna get the best audio. So it is therefore important to invest in a lapel mic, and these are not expensive that help enhance the overall audio experience for the person who's going to be listening to your video content. So, some simple things that businesses and individuals can do in order to help improve that overall end experience for their viewer. So we want to be thinking about these things, making sure that we're capturing good quality audio, that our shot is framed correctly, that we do some storyboarding in advance of recording absolutely anything. And once we get into a a frame of mind or once we get into a flow when it comes to this type of stuff, our video content is going to be far more effective. So spend a little bit of time thinking about these things before you create your video content. So lots of great takeaways in this episode from George. And I've learned some interesting things and some very, very useful things as well myself when it comes to creating video content. So once again, I want to thank George for his time today. And if there's any businesses or individuals who are listening into this podcast who'd like to get maybe some coaching in creating video content, George is definitely a great guy that I highly recommend you, you connect with him. And I'll make his details available again in the show notes on this particular episode. Once again, if there's somebody you would like me to interview for the show, I'm always looking for interesting guests. To come on the show and talk about their business, talk about their experience, their career journey. So, if you know somebody who might be worthwhile me having a conversation with, please do drop me in an email to studio at zero lives left Don't forget the Zero Lives Left Podcasting website is up and running, it's available over at zero lives left podcast.com. Lots of great information available over on the website, previous episodes of the show, and also details of my podcasting course, which is going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. If you are somebody who's listening into this podcast, maybe you'd like to get your own podcast up and running, I would encourage you to absolutely go out there and do it. I've created a really, really simple seven-step course which takes you through the journey and things to think about and and actually helps you develop those practical skills when it comes to producing your podcast. And it's got all the steps that you need in seven simple steps to launch your podcast podcast. So pop over across to the website zerolivesleftpodcast.com and click on podcasting course and I've got more details there available. Don't forget I'm going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the show. Episode 40 is just around the corner and I'm really really excited. We have an amazing guest. Not that all of our previous guests weren't amazing. We have an amazing guest coming up for episode 40. We have Ted Rubin joining me on this very show show. This is definitely going to be one episode you're not going to want to miss. I wanted to make sure it was a huge episode for episode 40 and I'm really really excited. That's going to be coming your way in 30 days time. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I really really do appreciate it. Please do rate and review the podcast if you're listening over on iTunes, if you're listening over on Stitcher Radio, Spotify share the podcast, rate and review it. That would really really appreciate it and I'll see you very soon on another episode of the Zero Lives Left Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left Podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation. Available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.